0: Praise God, praise God, praise God I am so thankful That God would honor me To allow me to come to His house today To worship Him And I I just I was sitting down there and I was thinking it must have been mighty hard to worship that day Lord when as a man you were carrying that cross on your back might have been a little tough worshiping and I thought you know I am so blessed I am so blessed and we'll get through all these situations God is with us you see me wearing a mask it's not because I'm trying to protect myself it's only because I'm trying to protect you I believe that God is with us and I have no doubt that God is able to do all things praise God that he's gracious and kind slow to anger and of great mercy and we have such a wonderful family of God I appreciate all of you so very much and thank you for all that you do for the kingdom of God I just want to uh, make a, a mention, first of all, that some of you may not be aware we have something called One Call Now. Some of you are aware, and you're, you get a call periodically from the pastor uh, about whatever. But uh, Brother Chris is standing in the back, and if you'd like to be on that list, and you're not getting our One Call Now, which is a, I make one call, and it goes to everybody, uh, So if you'd like to be on that and you're not on that, if you'd write down your name and phone number you'd like to have listed, Brother Chris will make sure it gets entered into the program, okay? So just so you know, and I try to use that as sparingly as possible so that you're not getting all kinds of calls from me. So thank you in advance. And also, I wanna say how thankful I am for The new door that's in the process of being installed. So, good. Brother Ferris ordered the door, and Brother Chris and and Brother Dunn uh, came over and started working on getting it installed yesterday, and just a few more days, I think they'll be done. So we thank the Lord for that. We had to get a few more parts, so thank you. We'll be glad to have that back in business. How many was thankful for the nice, nice weather we had yesterday? I don't know if it's correct to call it Indian summer anymore, but that's what I used to call it. So if that offends you, uh, forgive me. But I think we're having a nice Indian summer right now. We thank God for that. Um, Also want to speak to some people who are online who cannot be here in the building. Sister Pauline Stanley, I understand that you now have your phone working so you can have the church service on it and we're so glad to have you with us in service. (laughs) Sister Betty Kittridge, I understand that you're watching the service also from uh, the senior citizens home. And we're very happy to have you with us today. I always call Sister Betty, Sister Sunshine. Brother Lloyd, who is not able to be with us today, but he's in, uh, uh, in town. And we wanna say praise the Lord, Brother Lloyd, Sister Caroline, and uh, all the others from the chateau. Also, Brother and Sister Ferris are not able to be with us today. Sister Ferris is uh, recovering from major surgery And I'm happy to say that she's turned a corner and she's getting better. And the Lord is blessing. Also want to say thank you to Sister Shannon Powell that's here at the home of the Pharisees taking care of her mom and helping her dad. That's mighty fine of you, Sister Shannon. We're happy to have you in Augusta. Brother Dan Fortin. Just... Uh, came through some situations, and I understand that he may even be home right now. I'm not sure if he's home or at the uh, main uh, general hospital in uh, main medical center in Portland. But brother Dan, we love you. All of our family members who are watching and worshiping with us, and all of you that are here today. And my goodness, what's going on with Sister Lucille? Did God? God did a miracle. Well, we needed a miracle. Thank God. Thank God for giving us that miracle. So I'm, I'm blessed today, and thank you all for being here, and thank you for putting up with the situations that we have. I'm, I'm not a policeman. I'm not, uh, I'm not judgmental. I'm not judging who has and who hasn't. You know what? I'm not going to even say the name, but uh, we're glad to have you here. Praise God. Isn't God good? Hallelujah. I'm asking you to turn, if you would please, to Psalm 91, verse 1. And by the way, I think it's a wonderful thing for families to sit together and have a little space between you and folks who are not family, just to be on the uh, the safe side. I appreciate. I see you are trying to do that, and thank you so very much. Psalm 91, verse 1. Only going to do three verses. But they're good ones. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence." Can we lift our voice and praise the Lord? I love you, Jesus. I worship you, God. I ask for anointing upon me now, Lord, and anointing upon these people, those in the building, those who are worshiping online. In the name of Jesus, Lord, let your anointing be upon us. and Let us, I pray, sit together in heavenly places. Praise God. Praise God. God bless you. You may be seated. This morning... With your help and with God's anointing, I'd like to speak to you about this subject, safe in the secret place. Safe in the secret place. Your peace register, your joy meter, will largely be dictated by whether you're trusting the Lord or not. You're going to get anxious if you're not trusting the Lord. And it's going to cause you trouble. So when you think of that, remember, just put your trust in the Lord. He's not the new kid on the block. He knows what he's doing. Okay, so put all your trust and and all your hope in him. Praise God. Hallelujah. And I don't know why, Brother Chris, my phone would be ringing from yours. If this is a joke, tell me. It says, Chris McRae, Gmail. Hallelujah. At least hang it up. <laughs> if you need to send me a message, though, you know, something I'm missing in this message, just put it in there. <laughs> Hallelujah. If your phone rings, it costs you 25 bucks. Hallelujah. Just hang on a minute. This, this phone has gone absolutely berserk. There. Our trust in the Lord will determine our level of peace today. I want to talk to you just for a moment. There's a lot of things going on, and I think that uh, we need to talk. So I want to talk about politics and religion, first of all. And I I just want you to listen to me, because I believe that God spoke to me. There is no way in this world that you're going to be able to sulk for the next four years. God will give you something. You can't sulk for four years. There's no need to go around talking about Negative stuff. Matter of fact, when I was uh, in prayer, the Lord began to speak to me, and he let me know that he is not affected by politics. He does not change one little iota of what he intends to do. Matter of fact, he reminded me of the wonderful scripture that we quote, and we never understand it, but we quote it. For unto us a child is born, Unto us a son is given. And note the next words, which we don't normally note. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. It's his responsibility, not yours. Now we do the best we can. We've all done what we could. But we're living in the end times. So suck it up. God's with us. Okay? That's just the way it is. And we move on. And remember, the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And note another portion that we usually don't read. We just stop at verse 6. Verse 7 says, of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. So his government's never going to stop. He's got the last say in everything. He knows what he's doing, even when it doesn't look like you think it's going the way it should. And I want to remind you some things that maybe you didn't know. I may believe that Daniel was a mighty prophet of God, a whole book of the Bible named after him. But he, Daniel was a teenager when he was taken from Jerusalem. Into captivity by the Babylonians. We think we have it rough. He was taken forcefully from his home into a pagan empire in 606 BC. He was in his 80s. He was a teenager when he got taken into captivity. He was in his 80s when God gave him the vision of the prophecy of the 70 weeks. He spent more than 60 years of his life in Babylon. He faced many challenges. He was even put in a lion's den. But in all those years, Daniel just got stronger and stronger and stronger. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego were divinely saved out of a burning fiery furnace while a heathen king sat on the throne. It was with a pagan king on the throne when the fourth man in the fire showed up and a revival broke out. Who's sitting on the throne doesn't stop God. Who's sitting in the in the government doesn't stop God not even one little bit. Matter of fact, I am proving by the scripture that the greatest miracles recorded in the Bible were recorded for people who did not perhaps have the king that they wanted. Are you still with me? We're going to be respectful. We're going to be Christians. We're going to honor God. We're going to pray for our president. We're going to pray for our Congress. We're not going to be going out, setting buildings on fire, torching things destroying things talking negativity i have bible that proves that the greatest miracles of the bible were recorded sometimes under a government that wasn't even friendly nebuchadnezzar spake after shadrach meshach and abednego were brought out of the fire furnace, and he said, blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. When you're praying for a revival, you don't know how God's going to bring it. And God caused a king called Nebuchadnezzar who didn't know a thing about God, who actually had an image made for people to worship him. And God turned that guy so far around that Nebuchadnezzar said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him and have changed the king's word and yielded their bodies that they might not serve nor worship any god except their own god. Therefore I make a decree that every people, nation, and language which speak anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces and their houses shall be made a dunghill because there is no other God that can deliver after this sort. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. So I know it was a terrible thing when they got dragged away into captivity, but God said, don't worry, this is not gonna stop me. I'm gonna promote you. Esther and Mordecai lived during the reign of the Persian king Ahasuerus. But God said, that's not going to stop me. And God finds a way to make Esther the queen. And God's people had a mighty revival. Nehemiah lived under the Persian emperor Artaxerxes. But God brought Nehemiah into favor with the emperor. And Nehemiah rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem while Artaxerxes was the political ruler of the land. You still with me? I'm not quite done. When Pharaoh sat upon the throne of Egypt, God caused his people to excel in Goshen. And Israel dwelt in the land of Egypt, in the country of Goshen, and they had possessions therein and grew and multiplied exceedingly. I don't think the prognosis for God's people has changed one bit In the last few days. God still has a plan of victory. And his plan is better. And he knows what he's doing. And God's people are going to excel. Regardless of who's in the White House. I I admit to you that I was disappointed. It didn't go the way I thought it should go. But I submit to the will of God. And at the end of the day. I trust in the Lord. Hallelujah. The Bible says Israel dwelt in the land of Egypt in the country of Goshen, and they had possessions therein and grew and multiplied exceedingly. So, here we are today. Praise God, praise God. Satan, you're a liar. In the name of Jesus Christ, this church is a powerful church, and these people are powerful people. And the God we serve is all Powerful, Hallelujah. Now I want to remind you of something. The last days of God's Old Testament people in Egypt, those last days before their miraculous deliverance, if you will understand this, mirrors the last days of God's New Testament people just before our miraculous deliverance what you see going on in the last days of Israel as they're about to be delivered out of Egypt, you can expect that to be signs and types of what is going on in the last days of the New Testament people of God. And I think one of the things that has happened is some of us are just getting too, start to say stinking, but that's not proper, so I won't. Some some of us are getting too comfortable down here. We want God to make it everything like we like it here. We want everything the way we want it here. And God's saying, you know what? You're just getting a little bit too comfortable. I'm going to have to do something to get your mind on the deliverance that's coming. I've got to get your mind on the rapture. I've got to get your mind off of what you can gain and what you can access and access and and, and what you can acquire down here. I've got to get your mind back on the, the great escape that's about to take place now at any moment. So I'm going to just kind of shake up your world a little bit so you'll start saying, I'm not so happy down here anymore. I'm not as pleased as I was before. I'm not as happy. God said, that's good, because I want you to start getting ready for the deliverance, the rapture. One of the things that the Bible tells us is that unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin. Praise God. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, God may be trying to get us to shift our priorities from things of this world to the coming of the Lord. Praise God. You know, in the last days of Israel leaving Egypt, they had some staggering, awful, and terrible plagues. But I want to point out something to you in the mighty name of Jesus. On the plague of the flies... In Exodus 8, 22, God said, And I will sever in that day the land of Goshen, in which my people dwell, that no swarms of flies shall be there. To the end that thou mayest know that I am the Lord in the midst of the earth, and I will put a division between my people and thy people. Tomorrow shall this sign be. I want you to notice what God did. God said, I will sever in that day the land of Goshen, into which my people dwell. I'm going to put a division between my people and thy people. Yes, there's going to be plagues, but but I'm going to put a division between my people and thy people. I want you to notice in the fifth plague, it mentions, that there was sores that came upon the cattle. It affected their money. It affected their food supply. But I want you to notice what God said, what the Word of God says, last part of that Verse 6 of chapter 9, and all the cattle of Egypt died, but the cattle of the children of Israel died not one. In other words, you shouldn't be surprised that things are happening right now. But God says the key to your deliverance is walk with God, dwell with the Lord, serve the Lord. It's going to be more and more rewarding to be a child of God than any other time in history. People are going to begin to say, I don't know why it is, but those people are blessed. I need to find out why they are blessed. The seventh plague in the nation of Egypt, just before God delivered his people, was a plague of thunder and very large hail and fire running along the ground, destroying everything in its path, crops, man, and beast. The Bible said there was so there was hail and fire mingled with the hail very grievous such as there was none like it in all the land of Egypt since it became a nation and the hail smote throughout all the land of Egypt all that was in the field both man and beast and the hail smote every herb of the field and break every tree of the field only in the land of Goshen where the children of Israel were Was there no hail? You can talk about the sacrifice of living for God all you want to. I'm going to tell you that from now until the coming of the Lord, the blessings of living for God are going to be so great and so numerous that people are going to say, my God, I need thee. Every hour, I need thee. I'm going to walk with you. Those sacrifices we make are nothing in comparison to the blessings. Notice, only in the land of Goshen, where the children of Israel were, was there no hail. Only in the land of Goshen, where the children of Israel were. Dwelling in the land of Goshen, they were protected from the plagues, which was engulfing the rest of their world. Why? Why would this be? Listen carefully now. I may not be shouting, but you need to hear what I'm saying. Why would this protection be? Did you ever think of this? Because Goshen was where Joseph had commanded God's people to dwell. Many years prior, Joseph had said, God's people are gonna dwell in Goshen. And only in the land of Goshen... Where the children of Israel were, there was no hail. I want you to notice that many, many years prior, in uh, Genesis 45, 9, Joseph had said, Haste ye, and go up to my father, and say unto him, Thus saith thy son Joseph, God hath made me Lord of all Egypt, come down unto me, tarry not. Look, and here's the command. And thou shalt dwell in the land of Goshen. And thou shalt be near unto me, thou and thy children, thy children's children, thy flocks, thy herds, and all that thou hast. My God, Joseph said, you shall dwell in the land of Goshen, where you can be near to me. And verse 11 simply says, and there will I nourish thee. There will I nourish thee. Listen to me. The promise of nourishing, the promise of food necessary for growth, the promise of health and good condition was connected to and contingent upon the people of God being being, living, dwelling where God told them. If they had not been in the land of Goshen, they would have got the same plagues that everybody else got. But God said, I want you in the land of Goshen. And because you're gonna be in the land of Goshen, I will protect you and there will I nourish you. I want you close to me, Joseph said. In the days ahead, we need to dwell as close to our Joseph as we can. Jesus Christ of Nazareth, We need to abide and dwell where Jesus tells... I I have become much more aware now that on a daily basis I need to be sensitive to God. I need to be where He wants me, when He wants me, at the time He wants me. I feel like I need to walk as close to Joseph, my Jesus, as I can. And I want to serve Him and I want to do His will. and, And when He says... Don't go down Water Street. Go over to the other street and say, I want to be sensitive. That might sound silly, but I want God to direct my steps. The enemy is going to set some traps, and we need to be walking in the Spirit, dwelling with God. Don't have to worry about it. God's got his hand on us, but we need to say, Lord, not mine, thine. I think we need to ask God to help us to be sensitive to His voice. Sometimes God's speaking and we're not hearing Him. We drown Him out with our worship. I don't want to hear that. Hallelujah. (laughs) And God can be telling us, I want you to stop, or I want you to do, or I want you to cease and desist, or I want you to begin. And we say, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I've known people that I tried to pastor that loved to worship God but could not listen to one ounce of counsel. They're not worshiping God anymore, by the way. Whoa. Whoa. We need to ask God to help us to be sensitive to his voice. We want to say with the psalmist, Psalm 95 and verse 7 says, For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand today, if you will hear his voice. Wow, hold on, hold on. Come on now, give me just a few minutes. Psalm 95 and verse 7 gives the litmus test for whether or not a person is a sheep of his pasture. It said, He is our God, we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. And then at the end of that verse, it spoils it all by saying these words if you will hear his voice. Oh, praise God, we are the people and the sheep of his pasture. We are the people and the sheep. What? I don't hardly believe that. The litmus test for being a sheep of his pasture is if you will hear his voice and to which jesus adds these words john 10:27 my sheep hear my voice and i know them and they follow me the test of being a sheep of his pastor is not how gifted i am it's not how well i sing It's not even how much I put in the offering plate. It is my sheep hear my voice, and they will follow me. And that brings me back to my text. And I didn't start over, by the way. I'm just mentioning the text. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I was amazed when I was studying this to find that secret place comes from the Hebrew word Sather, and it means a covering. He that dwelleth in the secret place, in the Sather, under the covering, shall abide under the shadow. Of the Almighty. When you're under your covering. There God will nourish you. When you're under your covering. You're dwelling in the secret place. It's a place of divine covering. Every man. Woman. And child. We need to dwell. In the place of divine covering. Are you still with me? Well stay with me. Because it gets better. Everybody needs a godly mentor in their life. You're not a self-made man. I'm not a self-made man. You would not read of the mighty prophet Elisha who ministered for about 50 years in the northern kingdom of Israel prophesying, advising, and anointing kings and performing miracles if it were not For the rather strange eccentric hermit type mentor called Elijah. David had Samuel. And then Nathan. John Mark had Barnabas. Titus had Paul. Timothy had Paul. Great men and women in the Bible. Who became great in part. Because they submitted to the teaching and the counsel and the advice of a mentor that they gladly allowed to speak into their lives. See, many of us are fine as long as the pastor saying stuff we agree with. And then when he says something we don't agree with, then we say, no, I don't hardly believe that. When you hear me saying, I don't hardly believe that, that's the statement that comes from my dad. If he's If you said something he really disagreed with strongly, he'd say, well, I don't hardly believe that. I think from now until the rapture, every one of us need a mentor. Every one of us need a pastor. I think I can safely look out there in the congregation today and tell you that I'm friends with every one of you. I'd like to be your pastor, but a pastor and a friend are two different things. A mentor, a pastor is somebody that that you allow to speak into your life. And you believe that God is directing you and guiding you. and, And a friend is somebody that, if you like what he says, great. And if you don't, you say, oh, that's just old Brother Stoops. Great men and women in the Bible who became great noticed without exception submitted to teaching, counsel, advice of a mentor and they gladly allowed somebody to speak into their lives and I think this is not the first time we've heard this recently. Value, appreciate, love and listen to the influencers that God has placed in your life. God, I wish, I wish I could illustrate to you how important that is. It was right over here. I can name the spot. It was right about over here. And the couple walked up to me and said what they were planning to do. And I stood there and I listened to them and I said, okay. But this is going to cost you your marriage. Well, who do you think you are? But the sad thing about it is, is that many times when God speaks into a person's life, you can't ascertain whether or not it's true until it's too late. That's why you have to build a trust at the beginning. Because when, when a prophecy is given, you don't wait to see... If it's going to come to pass or not, you just want to take action right there and say, okay, that's it. I'm not going to do that. Value, appreciate, listen. Be a good listener. But be careful in 2020 who you listen to. Because there are a lot of voices out there. And they're saying, thus saith the Lord. And they're saying, this is what... God wants you to do, and this is the will of God for your life. And they are not going to be people that have horns coming out of their head and carrying a pitchfork, or a trident. They're going to come walking up to you in the name of Jesus, and they're going to seem like the, the most wonderful people, and, and they might be. But you know what? You've only got one pastor, and you've got some mentors that have been, that God has placed in the church that give you help and direction. Can save you a multitude of sorrow. You know the characteristic of a fool, don't you? Anybody know what the, what the perhaps the main characteristic of a fool? It's found in Proverbs chapter one verse seven. Fools despise instruction. Man, they can do it all except when you tell them something they don't want to do. When you tell them something they don't like, that's when. The back will come up and they'll look at you and fools despise instruction. Do you know what the leading indicator of a wise man is? Proverbs also gives us that one. Proverbs 1 and 5 says, a wise man will hear. Well, I'm glad you like it this morning. This is the message I have for you on Sunday morning. If you'll listen, I will save you some turmoil and anguish and sorrow. And I don't stand here today saying, Man, I'm, this is the guy. No, I'm just standing here doing the job that God's called me to do and there's a lot of other jobs I could do that would be far easier. I don't mind telling you I've got, had offers that for jobs that would have paid a lot more. I'm not... Saying that to be mean, I'm just saying, I'm doing this because this is what God's called me to do. And even right now, while I'm speaking this message, the devil is fighting every inch and clawing every inch of the way and trying to get you to go out and do your own thing and to resist the word of God, to resist the man of God. I've never seen that happen where that individual prospered. I'm going to tell an old story, and I want you to hear this old story. I'm pretty close to an end. Somebody says, oh, praise God. Somebody says, you're not getting paid by the hour. I understand. Okay. <laughs> Charles Plum is a U.S. Naval Academy graduate. Some of you remember me telling this story, but I need to tell it. He served as a jet fighter pilot in Vietnam. He had completed 75 combat missions when he was shot down. Charles Plum ejected and parachuted into enemy hands, and he spent six years in a Vietnamese prison. By the grace of God, he survived and has given lectures on the many lessons he learned. One day while Charles was eating at a restaurant with his wife, a man came up and said, You're Charles Plum. You flew jet fighters in Vietnam from the aircraft carrier Kitty Hawk. You were shot down. How in the world did you know that? Asked Charles Plum. (laughs) I packed your parachute, the man replied. Charles Plum, in surprise and gratitude, had to catch his breath. The man then shook his hand and said, Well, I guess it worked. Plum assured him it had and said, If the parachute you packed hadn't worked, I wouldn't be here today. That night, Charles Plum could not sleep. I'm telling you exactly what he said. He said, I kept pondering what he might have looked like in a Navy uniform, a Dixie cup hat, a bib on the back, bell-bottom trousers. I wondered how many times I might have seen him and not even said, good morning, how are you, or anything, because you see, I was a fighter pilot, and he was just a sailor. Plum thought a lot about that man who had packed his parachute and the hours he had spent at a wooden table at the bottom of the ship, carefully packing his and other parachutes. He held in his hand the parachute, the fate of someone he did not even know. You need to know who's packing your parachute. As we make our way to the rapture, we all need to be in the right place at the right time. And we need a covering. We need our shepherd, Jesus. We need a pastor. We need a mentor to whom we give permission to speak into our lives, even when it vetoes our plans. We need to dwell in the secret place of the Most High and abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in Him will I trust. I need to begin to speak faith. My God, we don't need to be walking around here sorrowing over this or over that. I'm not knocking anybody. I'm just telling you, this is, I had to preach this to myself also. We need to speak faith. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. I will say of the Lord, He is my God; in Him will I trust. And then the Bible says, "Surely," it doesn't say, "Hopefully." Most of the time, it says, "Surely, He shall deliver thee." So, what's going on here? I think there's a there, there's something. Perhaps we haven't noticed. We need to dwell under our covering. We need to be where God wants us to be, when he wants us to be there, where he wants us to be there. For instance, a little while back, my friend, Brother Cornwell, uh, there was a rally going on in one of our churches and he had a a group that was gonna go to the rally and the the Lord impressed him. He spoke, picked up the phone and said, I don't want you going to that rally. Well, somebody would say, well, come on, this is a youth rally and we all need to, what is going on? but he said, I don't want you going. Guess what? There was a COVID-19 outbreak that took place at that rally and his church people were spared. I think as we race toward the rapture, we need to be under our covering. We need to be listening to our mentor. We need to be watching and walking with God, expecting the coming of the Lord. Get our head up out of the sand. Don't spend the next two or three months mourning over what didn't go your way, but in the name of Jesus remember, you may be Daniel and God's going to bless you. It doesn't matter who's in the leadership of the nation. Or you may be Shadrach, Meshach, or Abednego, but God's going to bless you. He's going to help you. Or you may be like the children of Israel. In the last few days before, the Lord took them miraculously through the Red Sea and under the cloud. But God's getting ready to take you miraculously through the clouds. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with a trump of the archangel. The voice the voice of the archangel the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall be raised first. Then we which are alive and remain, my God, I want to be in that number. I want to be in that number as the dead are raised and spontaneously the living are caught up right behind them. I want to say we made it. We served the Lord. We came through times. We washed our robes in the blood of the Lamb. We overcame the devil by the word of our testimony and by the blood of the Lamb. We made it. You, un- you understand, don't you? We're living in the last few moments before the coming of the Lord. And some of us have been greatly distracted. I want you to realize that it's now time for you to start packing up Spiritually. Jesus is about to come. I don't know if it'll be today, but it could be. You need to understand that. We need to get that feeling back and that expectancy back in our heart. And when you're expecting the Lord to come, there's some things that just aren't going to be a problem anymore. The reason some folks are have a problem living for God, they forgot how close they are to the coming of the Lord. And they're grieving over the stuff they don't have. And God says, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm just going to pull the floor out from under you for a few minutes here. i got to get your attention. I'm coming, and you need to be ready. The coming of the Lord is so close and so near to us right now. And the enemy has, has come with great wrath. He knows that he has but a short time. Some of you are this close to the finish line. you don't even know it. And Satan's trying to put a stick out there to trip you up. You've lived for God for how long? You served the Lord how many years? And now you're coming to the very last few strides and you're gonna do what? What did you say? What did the man of God say? What did the Spirit of the Lord say umpteen times? And you're going to do what? Wait a minute. In the name of Jesus, one thing have I desired of the Lord. And that will I seek after. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. All the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord and, and to inquire in his temple. For in time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. That's what I need. In the seeker of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me up upon a rock. And now shall my head be lifted up above my enemies. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody right now, would you close your eyes with me? And would you lift up your voice to the Lord? And would you say, I'm yours. Whatever you want, that's what I want. What you desire, that's what I desire. What you like, that's what I like. And what you hate, that's what I hate. And God, I surrender all to you. I'm preaching to somebody that is just inches away from the finish line. And now the devil's trying to put a stick out and get you to stumble just before you enter into the great reward and you hear the Lord say, Well done. How good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in a few things. Son, look over here. Look what I've prepared for you. It will be worth it all. When you see Jesus, our trials will seem so small. Don't let the things of this world become so important to you that you forget where you are in time. You forget where you are and where you are right now is just this far from the coming of Jesus Christ. Two days ago, I got a message from my brother. He said, tell mom, I prayed through this morning. I've been telling you for a long time now that this revival is led by the prodigals coming home. What does that tell me? It should cause you to rejoice, but it also should cause an alarm bell to be going off in your mind. What's going on? This is it. This is the last call. Heaven, last call. All bound for heaven. Get on the train. We're leaving. We've had it. We've had enough of sickness and we've had enough of death and we've had enough of sorrow. We've had enough of all that stuff. Now we're seeking a better place. A city that hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. And we're almost there. I feel the presence of the Lord beginning to fill this place right now, and I felt like the enemy was trying for a little while to plug your ears to keep you from hearing this message. He wants you to think that as long as you shout loudly, as long as you say amen, it doesn't matter what you do. He's lying to you, He's putting a stick out to try to cause you to stumble. What you do does matter, and you need to dwell under your covering. Lest Satan begin to buffet you. In the name of Jesus. Is there anybody here right now? Just close your eyes with me. Is there anybody here right now that feels the hand of God and realizes that God is talking not to your brother, not to your sister, but he's talking to you? And say, God, here I am. I'm gonna be obedient and I'm gonna be safe in the secret place. I've lived for God for many years. And I want to stay living for God until the rapture. I want to be ready when the trumpet sounds. How about you? Would you back your head with me, please? On a Sunday morning... devil's trying to distract you and irritate you, aggravate you, put you to sleep. Little things like masks, use that as a way to get your eyes off the target. And here's pastor trying to talk to you today, the Spirit of God reaching for somebody And how long has it been since you said, Lord, I want to be in your perfect will. I want to do your will, God, and I won't take one step out of your will. I want to live for you and serve you all the days of my life. Hallelujah. Here I am, Jesus. There's somebody here today that one time you had a real strong walk with God, and God wants to revive that. He wants to revive the walk with God that you had. He wants you to be renewed in the Holy Ghost. But it's only going to come by somebody saying, Lord, not my will. Thy will be done. I'm just going to wait on the Lord for a moment. I feel the presence of the Lord. God, I'm thankful for your goodness. Thankful for your mercy. Thank you, Lord, for your grace and your kindness, Lord. We love you. We worship you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. Hallelujah.
1: Have thine own way. Lord, have thine own way. Thou art the potter, I am
0: oftentimes I've found this to be the truth. The very thing or the very person that you will break out of God's will for is the very thing or the very person you will lose. It's an old trick. So today, Lord, I'm putting insurance down on my family. And I'm saying, Lord Jesus, your will be done in my life. Father, anything that you don't like, I don't want it. Father, make your will plain. Lord, for you know I'm just a human. Help me to live for you, Jesus. Help me to serve you. Folks, you're going to realize as the days get closer to the coming of the Lord, that the pluses and the benefits are going to be more and more apparent. And those that are not living for God, God help them. All I can say is God help them. Would you show us? Would you show somebody in this building how close your coming is? I'm not going to ask you to come forward, but I'm going to ask if somebody would like to stand right where you are, not everybody. Just somebody that wants to say, Lord, I hear you loud and clear. I copy what you're saying. And my answer is affirmative. My answer, Lord, is yes. you wanted to dedicate up here. I'll say yes, Lord, yes. To your will and to your way,
1: I'll
0: say yes, Lord, yes. I'm going to trust you. spirit speaks to me 11 months and her parents are bringing her and her grandmother bringing her to be dedicated to the Lord and we thank God that God loves the little children normally I would see if she'd come to me but because I don't want to you want me to do it well I mean I'm healthy and everything hold her? Can I hold you? I said, baby girl, she says, this looks pretty strange to me. Soraya Gordon, she's a beautiful little girl, and she's looking at me like, what in this world? Is this the Lone Ranger? No, it's Pastor. <laughs> Let's pray the prayer right now. Lord Jesus, we bless little Soraya Gordon. As this family brings her, Lord, to dedicate her to you. Asking for your protection. Asking for your blessing. Asking for your mercy upon little Soraya Gordon. Asking, oh God, that you would keep her healthy. And Lord, that you would cause her to excel in every way. That you would cause her to have a close relationship with you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord God. Bless her, Lord Jesus. Let her live to be a very old person if you should delay your coming and let her be ready for the coming of the lord yes you're a good girl okay thank you so much that's awesome you're welcome okay let's pray for the family also god in the name of jesus we pray for this precious family should bless them and help them that your will be done in their lives father direct their steps and guide their path I pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, she didn't cry for me. (laughs) God bless you. Thank you. Let's give them a hand.